0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Finance Bible Podcast.
1: We are your hosts as always, Oscar and Zeke, and please note that nothing in this podcast should ever be considered as personal financial advice.
0: And if personal financial advice is what you are after, then please get in touch so that we can connect you with the correct professionals to make sure that the job is done correctly.
1: Enjoy the show. Today... Zeke, We are talking about compound interest, what it is, uh, what to avoid, what to look for, and basically to navigate through it. We spoke about this probably twelve to eighteen months ago, on I think it was our second ever podcast episode. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we just thought we'd we'd refresh it and uh, talk about the new insights. But before we do that, Zeke Movember is still underway. How is the mo looking?
0: Ah, uh, the mo is looking. It's looking yeah it's nice and dirty um, oh. I've got a few compliments I've got a few not compliments not and
1: com- you mean insults. yeah not
0: compliments uh, like um, that is a dirty dirty mustache but not in a good way and I've been like oh okay a dirty mo is definitely a compliment but when they throw not in a good way on the end of it it's not a compliment.
1: Well, the good news is you have the month of November to kind of get away with it. As soon as December hits, you've uh, got to kind of get rid of it. But uh, I'm picking up from the airport next Tuesday, and believe it—I believe you still are planning to have that mo on you, even though it's December.
0: I will still be rocking the mo for that initial (laughs) um, interaction, just so that (laughs) I think it'll be funny going through the airport with it. Like it's a dirty mo; it's not not pretty. Uh, But I love it. It's my favourite time of the year. You can get behind men's mental health and rock a good mo while you do it. So why would you not?
1: Yep, love it, love it. Um, All right, so moving on from the mo, mentioned compound interest. What is – I'll do my definition in a moment. What is your definition? I think compound interest
0: is, I mean, in simple terms, first of all, interest on interest. Like that is what Mm. compound interest is, right? You've got interest and – there's more interest accumulating on that interest. Breaking it down a bit further, you you have a principal amount, there's interest on that amount, and then as the years go by or the months go by, depending what it is, it builds up and builds up and compounds. Um, it can be your best friend. It can be your worst enemy. I love it. What about you?
1: You do love it. Um, yeah, so exactly right. In simple terms, it is interest on interest. It's basically when interest on the sum of money continues to add to that amount. So, for example, if you are investing in shares over time, it's going to continue adding continually on the original amount that you've invested, which is a good outcome. But the other side of that equation, let's just use credit cards, for example, if you continue to make the minimum repayment each month, you know, the the sum of interest will continue to add up over time. Which is a negative way, so you're you're spending more money, you owe more money, which can really push you t- down the cliff uh, mentally, financially, and yeah, you've really got to make sure that compound interest is working for you and you're not the one getting basically ripped up because of the uh, credit card situation. Getting ripped up, I like it. Getting ripped up like the credit cards should be as well, if not used appropriately. Something that really
0: triggers me is in school, right? What did you learn about compound interest and how to use it and that kind of thing?
1: Well, thinking back, I don't think we really did speak about it. Mainly we spoke about um, like trigonometry and algebra and all that. But in terms of compound interest, you might have had a, a couple lessons, but nothing really in depth of like everyday life for it. Uh, did did you guys? Because obviously we went to different schools. Did you learn anything about it, or was it basically the exact same thing?
0: We had a very minor topic on it, like not in depth. I think it was in relation to compound interest on a credit card, or or it might have been a car loan, one of the two. But it was kind of what we're doing depreciation on cars at the same time. I think you're eleven or you're twelve.
1: Yeah, true. But
0: Not much on it, and definitely not in a positive light of how to use it for you. Here I am sitting here a couple of days ago. I'm rocking a gorgeous moustache, as you can imagine. I'm relaxing, and my little sister comes into my room. She goes, Zeke, I've got this assignment. And I go, okay. She goes, you can probably help me with it. She sits it down. Now, precursor, yourself, myself, anyone over the age of probably 20 – I don't know when it changed, but I I assume over the age of 20. We all used to do the old-fashioned exam, a test, right? You go into mathematics, they have an exam on the table, you do it, you've got to remember the formulas, you've got to do everything yourself, right? Correct. So the shock on my face and the disappointment.
1: comes
0: into my room and she goes, my assignment is, and hands it to me. It's on compound interest in credit cards and stuff. They don't do tests in math anymore.
1: What, so they take it home to do it?
0: They take it home. She's got one and a half weeks to do a test I would have done in 35 minutes in class knowing the formulas in my head. In fact, I can probably do that without a calculator sitting there looking at it in five minutes today. I'm enraged.
1: Well, and the problem is as well, especially with ChatGPT and just online resources, a lot of kids, if they take home tests, I would would probably say ninety percent of them would just Google it or ask uh, family, friends, or pop it through the AI and answer it for them. So technically, they're not really learning anything. So that is, uh, I don't know. Oh, absolutely! If they
0: don't have to, sorry, if they don't have to recall it and they can sit there and do it open book and Google it and cheat, then they're not learning anything. Whereas we had to sit there and actually do it on the spot with our mental recall capacity, and yeah, we we learn.
1: Well, that's, uh, that, that is a bit concerning, uh, let's say, for the future generations there. But I think it's if, if that is the case, I do think it's more important than to learn on platforms like the Finance Bob Podcast or other podcasts or platforms out there about these things because obviously no one's learning now if uh, they're getting their tests taken home. So that's uh, man, I'm actually quite shocked.
0: Yeah, I'm quite disappointed. I think they need to get me in charge of the education of the whole of Australia. Moving on, a couple of examples of compound interest in action, right? Don, you actually mentioned the two examples I want to talk about more in depth, which is credit card and shares, as well as shares. You can talk about like interest in bank accounts or whatever. They all work exactly the same. Credit cards, breaking it down really simple for you guys you first of all have your initial balance right so you've made a purchase let's say it was you know you buy a, a specific yes, little red dress okay it's either yeah. it could be tickets to T-Swizz it could be a red dress for you to dress up in on an oh, night it, on my it could be anything that is a throwback to all of our OG fans but <laughs> yes you you then have that principal amount I and mean, call it 500 bucks The interest rate on that might be 19% on a credit card or 21% in today's environment. You get charged that interest. You make the minimum repayment. The minimum repayment doesn't pay back the interest you charged. And then the next month that comes along, the interest is charged again and again and again and again and again. That's basically how it works on a credit card. Unless you're paying higher amounts than the minimum repayment, you're going to lose a lot of money long term. Anything to add to that, Mr. Don?
1: Um, no, that's that's spot on. I just think for anyone who is wanting to obtain a credit card, by all means, um, do it if, if you feel like you want one um, or need it. But just remember to – when I use mine, my, my mindset is I just use it instead of my debit card. So whatever, whatever amounts on my debit card, I literally just use my credit card for points um, to get up those Qantas points, which is always good, but then pay it back straight away to avoid – this interest because it does add up quickly and as you would know zeke probably a few years ago when we were living together my credit card i had a, I had a bad credit card uh, bill and that just kept adding and adding and it was it was tough to get down but once you, once you get it down you uh you really need to make sure you don't go back there so i have lived this firsthand of the interest rate compounding in a bad way and i can and confirm I can confirm and it is, it is not good. You lose sleep overnight. You're thinking ways how hey, you can pay this down. And it's just always in your head. So make sure you can, you only spend what you can afford. But if you have the choice between a credit card and a debit card, choose a debit card.
0: Moving on to the second example, which is shares or interest in a bank account. So with shares, it works basically, you, know, you own shares in the company You've got a stake in it. You get paid dividends. The dividends reinvest at compounds. Using a simple calculation, an actual real-life one here, I'm just going to say it is in an interest account. Okay, this interest account we're going to say it pays 8% just for a bit of fun. Mm. And you've invested $1K today. You invest $50 a week moving forward for the next 30 years. By the end of that 30 years, you have... $333,000, $333,000, give or take, and the interest on that is hundred and fifty-four dollars whereas your deposits are only about seventy-nine dollars So the interest accumulates massively over that long duration of time, and that's when compound interest is best because it compounds and builds and builds and grows over a long amount of time. If you change that strategy a little bit, you do the exact same thing, but only for 15 years, then your interest doesn't half. You'd think, oh, 15 years, 30 years, it's half. The interest might be half. No, it goes down from two hundred and fifty-four grand to $38,000. So a huge difference of over two. Yeah, that so, is a simple example.
1: That is a very simple example. And it shows that time is on your favor. So even if you're, a let's say, 15 or 16 and you don't have much money, even if you pop in, let's say, 20 bucks a week, just starting younger and having an extra 5, 10, 15 years of when you're wanting to retire is a big different, as you just mentioned there with the numbers, Zeke, to show the overall amount. And there's heaps, heaps of different platforms online you can actually play around with this. Um, Money Smart, Compound Interest Calculator is a good one I've used in the past. So you can pop in what you're, you're happy to contribute on a regular basis, how often it is. Um, your initial deposit and how many years you want to do this for and that will show you the exact number um, compounded with the interest rate you give it of when you hit let's say 60 years old what the total amount will be um, and that total amount that you would have obtained through the investments as well so there are a lot of good tools out there if you're trying to figure out i want this amount in retirement through shares what do i need to put in per week so it's probably a good idea to start thinking about it as opposed to getting to 55 or, or even 50 and not starting it because time is always on your side in investing like this.
0: Yeah, compound interest, summing it up, it can be really, really bad in terms of the bad examples like a credit card, a car loan, a mortgage, stuff like that in terms of investing, it can be really, really positive and you can manipulate that and use it to your advantage and really just get good growth with that. It's how I leveraged into my first investment property. It's how a lot of our clients are actively going ahead and building up the savings to then invest or buy their first home and that kind of thing. It's only a small commitment every week consistently for a long amount of time and it pays off. Aside from that, have a lovely day. Catch you next time.